Welcome to the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Einer, and I'm here to help you get financial independence. Quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by investing in real estate so you never, ever have to work a job again. Today, I'm super pumped to bring on a fantastic real estate investor who, within one month, bought three properties and now is making $1,000 a month in passive income. He's also an immigrant, and he, if he's done it, we can all do it, and we're going to show you how. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey, what's going on? Super blessed as always to have you here on the show with me. And honestly, if you have any questions, hit me on Instagram, TikTok, or X at the Dustin Heiner. Find me and follow us there on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcast player. And if you would like to help out the show, consider leaving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast player. I can't thank you enough for all those five-star ratings review. I am so appreciative of people that reach out to me on Instagram. Like, it just makes it fun when people say, hey, Dustin, I actually invested in real estate because I listened to your podcast. And that's what this show is all about. And that's what we have today. I am super pumped to bring on a, basically a guest that listened to the show and then got one of my courses, got the Greenlight Deal Analyzer, and then really got the encouragement, broke past the fear, got the understanding and knowledge to be able to invest in real estate. And now he's literally making a thousand dollars a month in passive income. And it just took him one month and he's got three properties. It was just, see what it really comes down to when you build the business, when you start telling people that you're an investor, you start doing things as an investor, you get known as investor and then deals start coming your way. Now I'll tell you another thing of what's going on in my life. I've been telling you recently what I've been doing in investing and also another thing on top of investing in St. Louis, I've actually started investing in apartment complexes and multifamily. And here's the thing, right now I'm actually investing in an apartment complex. It's fun. It has two apartment complexes. There's like 165 total units in all these properties. It's a value add, which means, you might not know what that means, but we're buying a property it's making a certain amount of money in, in profit. Well, we're going to make it worth more by increasing the rents, by adding new units, by changing something that was a leasing unit into an actual unit. We're going to make so much more money on the property and it's going to make us money in passive income and equity capture as well. And here's a big thing. You guys know I just talked about having depreciation, getting more depreciation so I pay less in taxes. Well, this is the very last year I believe it's last year. I just, I've heard it's the last year. The IRS has been giving out last couple of years bonus depreciation. Let's say you invest $50,000 into a property. Well, you depreciate that. Well, they bonus whatever that depreciation is. So here's what I'm doing. I'm actually investing in an apartment complex. It's closing December 27th, I believe. But we're closing. Here's the great thing. Just like if you had a baby, like, you know, your husband and wife, let's say you had a child and you had the child on December 31st. Well, December 31st is not January 21st of the following year. Well, you get all the tax benefits for the entire year, even though you had the baby on the first, or the 31st. So what's great, same thing with the buying of another property. 
I'm going to get depreciation for the entire year, even if I own it for like three days or four days. And so I'm actually really pumped about this unit. Really good friends of mine, Jason and Peely. They've been on my show a number of times, actually. And on top of that, they speak at RubeCon. They're amazing people. They're investing in Tennessee, their own backyard. Now, let's jump into today's show where I am interviewing a fantastic... Now, he's an immigrant that literally figured out, with my help and Master Passive Income, Charles and William and all of us here, how to invest in real estate. Even though he's an immigrant coming over 12 years ago, started living in Utah, and then now, after a couple years of trying to figure out how to invest, never did it, finally found the podcast, started working together with us here at Master Passive Income, and now has $1,000 a month coming in in passive income. Imagine yourself, this time next month, that you start having $1,000 a month extra in your pocket, that's $12,000 a year without working, my goodness, you would be making so much money and you will just continually buy more properties because you have a business built. Okay, let's jump into today's show where, where I am interviewing my student, Juan Lizarado. All right, here we go. Juan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here. I have a lot of admiration for your work. <laughs> That's it's so fantastic that you reached out to me. I mean, I'll be completely honest that you know occasionally I'll get thinking, man, this is just uh, it's a lot of work, you know, doing the podcast and all that sort of stuff. But getting you know either a review on um, uh, iTunes or Spotify that's just an encouraging review, or somebody like you reaching out and say, hey, this has changed my life. It's encouraging to me. It makes me want to keep going. So definitely want to say thank you so much for reaching out, but then also for coming out. So. Now, I love how you have, you now have three properties, which we'll get into. And on top of that, like you didn't always start as a real estate investor. Obviously, yeah, you definitely have a lot, a big story that we want to tell. So talk to us about your path to getting to where you are now. Yeah, yeah. So, I, so I'm an immigrant. I, I came to the U.S. in 2012. So it's been about 11 years now. I moved straight to Utah. So Utah is my home. Um, I came to this country with $1,300 in my pocket. I had just finished college. Well, I, I had not graduated yet. I did my college in South America. So I came to start like here, like clean and, you know, start over. Um, so I started a career here in software engineering, started, you know, going up the ladder, learning a lot. It's really hard when you are using a different language, right? And then would you get very technical? So it took <laughs> a lot of practice and a lot of work, you know, improve my skills, speak better English, all that stuff. So um, maybe five, six years ago, I started thinking about like, oh, I really want to do real estate, like get a rental because I saw some of my friends doing it or some people I knew like, oh yeah, we have a rental property, but I just did not know how to start. And I started reading about it, but I was like paralyzed for maybe five, six years where, because I, like, you just need the knowledge, right? And you just know, don't know what to do. And here in Utah, the market started getting very expensive, like properties, it's kind of like California, properties don't, uh, don't make good rentals right now. Prices are too high, rents won't make up for it. So, so I thought like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do it because I cannot get anything here. It never crossed my mind that I could invest out of state. And then 
like in January or February, very much this year, I just run into the podcast in Spotify. So I was looking for investing uh, podcasts and I run into Master Passive Income. So I started listening. I, I, I listened to the first episode. It wasn't the first episode in the podcast. It was the last published episode. And I was like, wow. Wait, this is great. So I went all the way back and I started like just consuming all the content. Then I went and got uh, your uh, book, uh, How to Quit Your Job. Uh, I don't remember the name. I have it somewhere in here. Um, then I got the uh, real estate investing fundamentals class that you have. It's very affordable. I, I think the book, like I just paid for shipping. It was really, it was really great. I started doing that, consuming all the content, uh, all the people you interview, like uh, introduced me to like, I know their communities, other podcasts. So I started like consuming all that content. And then like we fast forward August. So I've been like listening and learning for like six months. And I, I realized like from your podcast that, oh, I can invest out of state. So suddenly like I realized that I had like the whole US at the finger at the fingertips of, uh, you know, with a click, I can reach out and, and just be able to like study all these markets, find all these properties. I don't even have to leave my home for that. And that opened up so many doors and it opened up my mind about it. So then I was super nervous about getting the first rental, but I finally made the decision in like September. So I started like building out the team. So I was like, okay, Dustin says we got to build out the team. So I started like talking to a lot of realtors, uh, mortgage brokers, uh, insurance brokers to get the better terms and deals for insurance, for uh, loans, because not all loans are, you know, good loans. Um, then I started like, okay, property management, that's the make it or break it in this business. So I started like talking with property managers. Uh, you have like three, four episodes in property management, how to interview them. I followed all that. So I, like some property managers wouldn't reach back to me. So I was like, oh, this is a red flag. I This is not going to work. Like if, if I'm not even their, their customer yet or their uh, partner, how is it going to be when I am, right? So so I, so I started like this kind until I found a very good company. So I partnered with them. Um, so I, I I was um I got under contract in a property. I backed out from that when I paid for the inspection. You have a, a, an episode or two that you say about the inspection. So I, I lost the, the the money on the inspection, but it saved me headaches, like probably thousands down the road with that. So I backed out from that property, but I learned so much in the process. And then I went down and uh, got under contract again and then closed on the first property on October 12th. And I learned a lot in that process because I, I was like remote closing. I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, like they come to my house and I'm like, oh, I'm closing on a loan and, uh, and getting this property from my kitchen. Uh, so it was just crazy. And then two weeks later, I closed on the second property. So I got two properties just uh, in October and now I'm under contract for the third property. Uh, in between those, I backed out from another property, saying some offers. It's not like you send the offer and everything works. And also finding deals is a lot of work, but now I'm, I'm getting better at it. So I'm getting like good discounts, sending low-wall offers, negotiating every dollar. And, and I feel very happy about the deals I'm getting now. So um, so, so it's been like a, a crazy last few months. It's just been crazy. This is so amazing. So for four or five years thinking about investing and then really starting to dive in. And what I love, and this is what happens to honestly for most students, is they are trying to invest for a number of years and then they start really start diving into what they can actually learn and picking back up off other people, basically learn from other people. And so my students that get to me, usually a couple of years, 
not getting any property. Then they start working with me or they, you know, they get a course. And within maybe two to three months, it takes before they get their first property, but their second property comes in like two weeks or three weeks. It's just, it's so fast. And I love how you are pushing through any barriers or any roadblocks. Like you're just saying, I'm going to do it because that's what we do as investors is we need to have that change of mindset or really who we are instead of being an employee, we need to realize that we are in the who we're investors. And this is what we do. We don't give up. We don't pay overpay for properties. We make passive income. And so why well, I love that you've been doing this and then now getting three properties. Now, where was it? Where, where are you investing? So you live in Utah and you're investing out of state. Talk to us about that property, that process, which, what area, you know, what city, but then at the same time, how did you get over that fear of investing out of state? Yeah, so um, like in April, when I started listening to the podcast, I started thinking like, okay, where can I invest? Once I realized that I can invest out of state, uh, I started looking into, I made a whole list and then I was paralyzed because I was looking in too many markets, too many locations, too many states. But then in one of your episodes, you said like, you know, pick one or two markets, you know, two ponds to fish from. Uh, so I was like, okay, let, let's see. So so I visited last year uh, Kentucky because my extended family lives in the Indiana side. So I had to fly through Kentucky. So I found that like, oh, that's, that looks a lot like home. Like it's a big city. There's a lot in Louisville. There's a lot of uh, properties there. There's a rental demand. Like I think vacancy is nine, 5%, 5%. So it's pretty low. So there's a lot of demand for rentals. Um, there's like a uh, good inventory. There's like the properties are not crazy expensive, but the rain uh, to, uh, uh, um, purchase price ratio, like the 1% rule that I learned from you also, they uh, it made sense. So I started like looking more into it. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to settle on this. I'm going to look uh, at Kentucky and I'm going to become an expert in the area. So I started like following your advice. I subscribed to all the silo searches. I would get emails daily. I still get daily. I, I learned the neighborhoods. I would see a house coming to market, getting under contract. Then coming back to market. So I already knew about the house. Like I, I just like know all these houses in the market. And, and then I, I, I went, when I was finally ready, like when I had the cash to invest, which it, it happened in August, I was like, okay, I'm ready to do this. Let's, let, let's overcome the fear. So I was super scared. I, when I had the money ready, I was like, okay, I, I don't think I can do this. I'm and I want to pause for a quick second and share that honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. Now, my new goal is to help 1 million people invest in real estate. So two things I would ask from you. Number one, if you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, hey, you know, check out Dustin and Master Passive Income. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate. Get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N. T A L to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that, and how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you, and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income. Scale it to quit your job. I'll literally get to you or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously, it'll be in the description, but I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets. This is not going to work. I don't know what to do. How do I do like to get the keys when I close on the property? Like I had no idea, but I just went for it. I'm like, you know what? Let's send an offer, start working with the realtor team, send the first offer, the first couple offers, go one accepted, uh, the one I didn't end up buying. But once I got that offer accepted, I started thinking like, oh, 
I need to finalize the details for the property management company. So what do I do here? So I started figuring that out. But then I was like already invested, like I was under contract, right? So I started like figuring that out. I backed out. Then I found this other property, sent a few contracts, uh, a few offers. Then I got under contract again. And I was like, oh, this is the property. And then once you're at that point that you're invested, there's no going back. It's like, oh, I'm getting it. I cannot back out now. I'm out of the contingency period. I have to like follow through with this. So then at that point, I figured out like the title company I wanted to work with, the remote closing, the remote notary, like all these other pieces, the um, insurance broker, like I, everything I like, I had to put it together to finalize it. And and then once like, it was like close, I, I, like, you know, you get the property, but then it's like, okay, now about, you know, every property has to have some fixes. You have to do some rehab. So I'm like, oh, I had to learn that. Like, how do I do that from here? Like all these fixes, right? So, so I got that in the process. And uh, I, yeah, so I, I think like, you just have to take the jump. If, if you're like ready to, like you're never gonna be ready to do it. You have to like jump and do it. If you have the cash and you know how to run your numbers, I think that's the most important thing. Like today with today's interest rates, like I have one loan for 7.1%. This other one I'm, I'm locking for 8.3%. You can think like, oh, those are so high, but I'm still gonna make money. I'm gonna make maybe not the 250, but I'm gonna make 200 off, uh, 200 for, for after I rent it, uh, after expenses, after reserves, after vacancy, utilities. Like I'm gonna make money on top of that. So so it's like the interest rate does not matter. But like it's just like you just have to go for it and do it. If not, you're gonna be like me and be paralyzed for six years or many of your students for years just thinking about it but not knowing where to start. It's just it, it, you know. But once you get the first one done, I realized like oh. The two weeks later, I did the second one. And then I got under contract again for a duplex. I backed out. Then I got under contract for this third sing single family home. And it's just so easy because I have everything in place. Like I got under contract. No, I saw like one of the listings came up, the house that I was following for a few months, got back into market, came back at a good discount. And I was like, oh, I really like that property. The numbers worked out. As soon as I came back on the market, an hour later, I was already sending a contract. It took just maybe a couple messages, like text messages. Hey, send a, a, an offer for this amount to this property. Then I message my uh, lender, like, hey, I'm going to do this. I need the pre-approval. Like, you just send like four or five text messages. Then if you get under contract, other few messages, like, okay, the property inspector, you already have all this contact information. And it's just so easy. Like, it's, it's like, once you have it, the business built is really easy to get that uh, in place. So, so it's like, yeah. I, it's, I it's love just... I love that you, because I say this all the time, we build the business first, because the easiest part is buying the property. I mean, that's really, really simple. When you said like, it's, it's actually easy, but what makes it even more easy is if you build the business first, like you're saying, it runs itself afterwards. Like it literally keeps moving because you have the right people in place. Like when I buy a property, it takes me a, like one or two hours of my own personal time. Like you said, sending a couple of emails, sending a couple of text messages and they, other people, the experts do all of the work. That's just, it's so amazing. And I love how you said it's actually easy. You know, it's a simple process. And once you get it down, you can do it over and over and over again. Okay, so when you got that first property, you got the first one, the second one came pretty quick. You also had a couple properties that you moved out of or didn't close on. Now you're getting your third. Now, a lot of students that I'm working with right now, they're saying, Dustin, there's, you know, prices are so high, interest rates are so high. And one key thing that you said is it doesn't matter about the interest rates because our tenants are paying for that interest, which is perfect. As long as we're calculating that in, we make sure we buy it for low enough. But right now my students are saying, I can't get a property under contract. Like there's so many properties. And I ask them, 
well, how many offers have you put in in the last, let's say, week? I said, uh, maybe one in the last like three weeks. I'm like, but that's not enough. Like, if you don't put in offers, you're literally not going to get any deals because it's just physically impossible. If you don't put an offer, you don't get any deals. You put an offer, you get deals. So talk to me about that thought process now where you're putting in lots of deals, getting it under contract with lots of properties. How did you actually make yourself get over that? And then what any mindset things or anything that you could help anybody in the future that they need to start putting in offers to actually go ahead and do it? Yes. Yeah, so something I learned is like, you got to know your numbers. So you look at the properties and you run your numbers. Uh, you have so many calculators, your website, Master Passive Income has also a calculator there. Uh, there's deal check that you have recommended in one of your classes. I use that one. And, and you know, it takes like a minute to enter the address and it calculates everything for you once you have the template configured uh, the way you like it. And, and it's just like, if you run the numbers and if it makes sense, like, are you going to cash flow from this property? Yes. Then you don't think it twice. You go and send the offer. And that's like, because you got to move fast. I found that like when you, when there's deals, those deals don't last in the market because other investors are going to jump at it. Um, something I learned also is that like, I saw some investors like offering over asking and I was like, why are they doing? They cannot even, they, it's impossible for them to make money of this. So maybe they are new investors or they don't know what they're doing, but th th that's the thing. You got to move fast. And if somebody else offers over asking, then don't get in a bidding war, move on. If, if the offer does not get accepted, you move on. If you offer and they're asking and you think, no, it's too low value of an offer, you're not going to know unless you send it. I, I I send a few and then they say, no, it's too low. So I try to negotiate like, okay, I can put 3,000 more. And they were like, no, I'm like, okay, I move on because the numbers just won't work. And it's not, you don't want to make it an emotional decision. You want to make it a business decision. And that's very important because it's so easy to get attached emotionally to a property, but you have to remind yourself, I'm not going to live in that property. It's just uh, a stock inventory, right? Uh, and that that's it. I don't, I'm not going to, uh, get attached emotionally to that. It's just like, you know, I'm going to keep it nice. I'm going to maintain it, but it's just inventory. I can, you know, acquire or sell it. I'm not going to get attached to the property. Um, the sending offers is very important. Like like the, the last two properties that I'm under contract for that I'm, the, the last one that I closed on, like I sent a super low val offer, but I did a cash offer. I was not expecting for them to accept it. And they accepted it. I did the inspection. It came out that it needed a new roof. So I negotiated down further and I thought like, oh, they're not going to accept that. And they accepted. So, oh, yeah. so, so, so something I learned is like, if you don't ask, the answer is always going to be no. So you got to try. You can ask. And if they say no, perfect. You decide, move forward with the deal or back out from it. Or, uh, but but if you don't ask, you're, you could be leaving money, uh, you know, off the table. Uh, with this, this contract, I learned that too. I was like, oh, it went down to the price that works for me. And I thought about you sending that price that worked for me. But then my, my real estate agent was like, no, Juan, you can offer 4,000 less than that. Let's try it. Because I think they, they might accept it. So I was like, okay, let's do it. So we sent it and they accept it. So, so even like I got an extra $4,000 off of the price on these last property. So it's just, you gotta send the offers and don't be afraid to offend the seller. They don't have to accept your offer. And this is something you say a lot. They don't have to take it. You're not forcing them. You can send a low ball offer if they don't want it. They can say no. And that's fine. It's just business. It, it sure is. And for, for you and everybody listening, what you want to realize is when you're negotiating, you're basically saving money and you're really earning money. You know, a penny saved is a penny earned. And you're actually earning money as you negotiate. And I, I love this. Like I, I say this all the time. If you are offering a price where you don't feel a little uneasy about it, you're offering too much. 
your offer should be like, ooh, they're probably not going to like this offer. Then you know that you're getting closer to the right type of price that you want to be putting because we're negotiating. We are investors. We don't pay over price. We don't bid up. We don't fall, chase properties. This is inventory. There are lots of inventory out there. Now, now one, there's another thing that a lot of students get hang up on is financing. How did you go about financing these properties? Yes, though this is my favorite part because I guess some students maybe have have it a little bit easier because so in my situation, so I I, I divorced a few years back, so I'm paying all the money to my ex-wife, which is is fine, right? Yeah, uh, it's part of life, and but because of that, my debt to income ratio is very high. So the debt to income ratio, like if, if like if some of the listeners don't know what that is, it's just that the banks use it is a metric to evaluate if you if they're comfortable comfortable lending you and if you will be comfortable paying back the the loan. So my debt, so so for the first property I got, I did a conventional loan. Everything was fine, just under my name. Uh, got a great rate. I mean, seven point one. But I was quoted like eight point five for for some of with other uh, lenders, so I, I was it was a great rate, uh, no buy down. Um, so I financed that; that was great. Then I was like the second property, and then when I tried to qualify for another conventional loan, it hit me like, oh, you can't because your DTI now is fifty six percent, and we need it to be forty five percent for the traditional uh, Fannie Mae uh, loan guidelines. So I was like, oh no, what am I gonna do now? I was looking into. Uh, other possibilities. So I talked to uh, brokers. They actually like work a lot with investors. So they, t they tell you all these other options. So they told me, well, you can do a commercial loan with an ARM, a uh, variable rate. Uh, but I didn't feel comfortable with that because I, you have to like maybe refinance in five years. So there's a balloon payment. Uh, the rate variable after the, the, the three or five years is just like, I was like, no, I, I, I don't feel comfortable with that. I prefer fixed rates. So I know that I'm going to make money for the next 30 years. Um, especially since um, rents go up and you know you you, you pay down uh, the loan. So um, so then what I what what my lender told me or one of the lenders I was working with like four mortgage brokers and two banks. You, you, so you get all the options, all the information, and uh, they told me that they could do a DSCR loan. So is the I don't remember what it means. Debt, Debt service. service coverage ratio. Yes. And, and what that means is do the, all they check is like, they didn't check your W2 income. They just care that, do you have a good credit? Uh, and by good, I mean, I think 580 or higher. And uh, does the rent uh, cover all the expenses, insurance and taxes, right? Uh, and pays the loan. Uh, and if that's the case, then yes, we can lend you. So so that opened it up because the interest is a little bit higher. Like it's like 1% higher than regular loans. But if you can make it work, like in my case, I have no, main, not other choices. Like I need to find it. So this is the best choice I, I, I can get. And they said like, I can get as many as I can. I can close under the name of my LLC. So it's pretty nice because it's not under my name. And then uh, I can still make money because I run the numbers. And then I think like, well, if I ever refinance these, uh, they have a five year prepayment penalty that goes down five, four, three, two, one every year. But I, I thought like, well, if I refinance, uh, I will calculate everything, closing cost, penalty, and and if anything, if I can still make money, then I'll do it. If not, I won't refinance, but I still know that I'll make money. But if I ever refinance down in the future, I know that I will make even more money with that. So the interest rate didn't matter because I was getting deals for these. So, so that type of loan really opened it up for me because I cannot do conventional right now. And the nice thing though is like uh, in two years, I won't have to pay any money anymore. 
So now like my, I'll be able to get a few conventional loans then. So I'm going to be able to like jump into deals and get a better interest rate uh, at that time. But at least in these two years, I'll be able to continue to expand the business. So, so yeah. Are you I using the DSCR for the third property as well? The next one? For the third property, that's, yeah, you have no other choice. I'm, and I will use it also to uh, refinance and cash out the second property because that one I paid cash. And that was amazing. Like I paid cash for it, got a great discount and investing back the, the money to do the rehab because it needs some work. But then with, with the after repair value, it seems that I'll be able to get all the money I put in out if I want, which is crazy because it's like, okay, I have the money in my hands, but then I have the property too. So that's just a crazy concept that I well, learned also you, from your podcast. And yeah, you absolutely have no money in the deal, it sounds like. Like, yeah, and it's crazy because when I and the and the nice thing with this is that the seasoning period is just 90 days. So I don't have to wait six months for it. So in 90 days, which is like, I mean, right now I'm in the rehabbing process and renting it. So by that time it'll be maybe January, February. At that time, I'll run out of money. So I'll need money for new down payments. So my plan is to uh cash out uh on that property, get as much as I can, and still uh make money from the rents, right? Uh, and then uh, so it's probably 75% of the appraised value. And then I will use that to get two more properties. So continue expanding the business. So, so that gives I, me like this. I love it. And you're scaling the business now, which is absolutely terrific. That's what we want to start doing is continue to scale the business because it becomes a snowball. It just keeps making us more money over and over again every single month. And if we just keep putting that towards the next properties, it just gets bigger and bigger. Eventually, you'll be buying properties with the money that your properties are making, which is just mind-blowing that it actually happens. Now, talk to me about the like the process of building the business because I talk about building the business all the time, teach it on the podcast, we have it in the courses and everything. Was it difficult? And talk to me about like, how did Master Passive Income help you to get the that going so that you make sure you're actually doing everything right? Yes. Yeah, so Master Passive Income helped me with uh, just knowing like what a team means or a be I didn't know like I needed all these pieces to like... For my case, like I have a daytime job, so I can't, I don't want to get myself a full-time job right now. My goal is to build a business so someday I can like just work on the business and not have to do, a, you know, be able to like retire early and do the things I'm passionate about. So uh, I didn't know like that, I, for example, I could hire a property manager and then don't have to worry about things. I didn't know that. I had no idea about that. So I learned that from the podcast. So for the building the business first, I, I learned uh, from your online class the, the the fundamentals one that like oh you need you know a real estate agent right so that's the first thing i did and they have a search tool for build your team i reach out to few uh real i told like maybe to 10 real estate agents and and that's the thing that's something you used to say a lot is that there's real estate agents by the dozen like there's so many like so so you have to be careful who you choose to work with right so something i i asked was like i wanted to work with uh full-time uh, real estate agent, not on one, somebody who does it on the side, somebody who works with out-of-state investors because the needs are different, somebody that will do the virtual tours for you, send you videos, like understand your needs because you're not there and somebody experienced. So so I found that and, and something I found is like networking is so powerful because I, I got like this amazing team for real estate. I ch you check reviews, you fact check their reputation and everything was great. Just you, you check if they're responsive. If they're not responsive, that's a red flag. Find somebody else. So 
they were very like they made all my criteria. So I was like, okay, this is great. Now I asked them, like, okay, do you know good property management companies? Do you know good inspectors? Do you know um um uh, mortgage brokers? Do you know uh insurance brokers? So they recommended me some of those, and then I started like just networking and also doing my own research, trying to find it online, just googling, uh, searching, right? So so for example, for the financing on the first deal, I found like, oh, I can work with a local credit union there that can offer me a better rate. So I did that. And that's why I got a lower rate than a, a lower fees than a broker because a broker has to make money. So they charge you a little bit of extra fees there. Um, but but just the networking was really powerful to build the business. And I, I started like building the last part of the business as I was already sending offers because I was like, oh, I'm serious about it. Let's just do it. Because then you are forced to complete that part, but you got to be careful, right? Like you got to have the, the right mindset. And I was like making calls every day, like meetings. I had like three, four meetings every day, talking with people, picking up who I was going to work with until I finally landed a good property management company. And and, and so far it's been really great. Like they, that, I, I love it. And you're doing everything in the right order because what we need to do is make sure we have everybody, they're experts. We're hiring them to make sure we're not going to screw up. In fact, I love making sure we have the right property manager. And like you said, like if they don't call you back before they have your business, they're probably not going to do very well calling you back when they have your money. And they're like, oh, I don't want to talk to this bond guy again. I'll call him back later and never call you back. So what we do is we build the business, which is great. Now, on top of that, more than likely you had a couple of hiccups or anything like that along the way. Is there any suggestions or any uh, uh, wisdom that you can give anybody that's looking to invest? Maybe they're trying to now start scaling the business. Um, anything that, any lessons you've learned that you could share with everybody else? Uh, yeah. So I, I would think like, um, let me think. So, um, oh, there, there, there's so many things. I think like one of the things like not getting attached to the property, like if it at some point the numbers don't check out, just don't do it. Don't send an offer or, or, if, or if it doesn't get accepted for the numbers that were for you, then, uh, don't be afraid to move on. There's other properties out there. Maybe not today, but in a week, there's going to be taught. There's properties coming into the market every day. Uh, the other thing is like learn the neighborhood you're trying to invest in. Like go to Google Earth, navigate the roads, check like something that I do a lot is like check the crime maps and also check the uh, uh, registered sex offenders also to have an idea of the neighborhood, the, the safety. Uh, something I found like all the neighborhoods have issues. Like they just have like some sort of crime. Like, oh yeah, there was a robbery or there was like, so so don't don't get scared if you see like, especially in big cities, you're going to see that the map is over crime all over, uh, even where I live. Uh, but, but that doesn't mean like it's like that, you know, but you get an idea, like things I look for when I'm in Google Earth, I'm looking into like, uh, are the houses like board up or like, does it look that the cars don't have uh, wheels and like things like that. Um, so that's very important because I'm not physically there. Uh, also, you can, you know, ask the locals. If you're working with a local realtor, you can ask them, what are your opinions on this neighborhood? Then ask your mortgage lender. Uh, they're more honest because they can tell you openly like, yeah, no, that's a bad neighborhood. Uh, but, but so 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 ask everybody you're working with, ask them about like, what do you think of this neighborhood? And don't be afraid of backing out of a deal. Like, for example, my deal breakers, uh, when I get an inspection, is uh, foundation issues just because they are very expensive to fix. They can be like uh, $20,000, $30,000, depending on the fixer in the lower end, $6,000. So so if there's a foundation issue, like a crack foundation, I, I learned that horizontal foundation cracks are like the worst. So I'm like, if, if that's there, I'm like, I'm, I'm not afraid of backing. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not doing this. Also, if there's moisture in the basement or high moisture, like you probably don't want to deal with that. And also like, 
if the report tells you like the property has been very neglected because the report will show you what the inspector sees that day. If there's a lot of issues there, there's probably going to be hidden issues that you're going to find out once you're on the property. So uh, don't be afraid of backing out, lose the money on the inspection, but like you will save a lot of headaches there. Uh, and then also like the other side is like every property has issues. So you're going to find like, especially other properties that, that like maybe, I don't know, it will need a new roof or it will need some paint here or uh, a rail or like uh, some uh, panel working, electricity panel, things like that. Don't be afraid of those fixes. Like every property you get, and probably budget for this. You're going to have to do some rehab on it it's not going to be like just pristine and ready because you're not buying brand new so keep that in mind don't be afraid of that i think i think like backing out of a deal probably is like the, the best experience i have had well, because I i've done that more. too yeah no I, I i've well what actually happens is deals back away from me so i'll give you a little bit of um instruction on what i would do so when i see foundation issues or if i see um, a roof issue, or if I see whatever, whatever big problems that could potentially be a problem. Yeah, of course, that those are problems. But what I actually see are dollar signs, not in that's going to cost me money. It's actually dollar signs that I'm going to make money on this. And here's how and I think you also in one of your properties, you did this as well. So let's say there's a foundation issue. I've literally done this, literally done this. One of my Texas properties there, like one side of the house was like four inches lower than the other side. So it shouldn't be like that. So it's settling. Well, I went and I got quotes because I could have just said, oh, you know, it's going to be a bad thing, X, Y, and Z. Uh, you know, I should just walk away. But here's what, this is where I see money, dollar signs, where I'm going to make money is I got quotes. I got three different quotes. The first one say it's going to be like, I don't know, $15,000 to fix it. Another one said it's going to be like $20,000 to fix it. The third one says, don't even worry about it. Like it's literally normal for this. And if you wanted to, it might cost about eight grand to get this jacked up and, you know, foundation fix it. But he says, you literally are told, and this is a guy, he's literally certifying it. With that, I went back to the seller and I said, hey, seller, I got a quote for $20,000 to fix the foundation. I need your help on this. And they're like, okay, well, they split it with me. They gave me like eight or $10,000 off of the purchase price because there's that foundation issue. And then I knew that I didn't actually need to, I'm not lying to them because I knew that I could fix it but I didn't necessarily need to unless it comes down time to it. So what I want you to start thinking is as an investor, these could be great opportunities for you to get the seller to pay for it. Now, the other little side, side thought to that, let's say you come back and say, hey, seller, you know, there's the roof needs to be repaired or replaced. Like it's literally falling apart. It's going to be $10,000. I need you to pay for it. And they say, no, well, you need to make the decision. Is it worth it still to move forward or should you, leave your offer on the table and they walk away from you. So I just want to get, the, get that inside your brain because my goodness, you can make so much more money and save so much more money when you have that perspective. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, that's amazing advice because I, I didn't, I mean, I'm still learning, so I didn't think of it that way. But as you were saying it, I, I actually did that with that last property I closed on because they came back and I was already getting a great discount, like under market value. And then I negotiated down like, $4,000 for the roof. I got quotes for like 7,000, but then I, once I had negotiated down, I go, I was getting other quotes and I go, it ended up costing 4,600. So really I got a brand new roof and I just put $600 more into that. And I'm, and, and I got it replaced like four days after uh, closing on the property. But yeah, I didn't know that like that. That's great advice. That's great advice to be able to like negotiate everything. And as you were mentioning that, I, I was thinking like, I guess the biggest piece of advice is like as an investor, never pay lease price. <laughs> Always you know, pay under asking because, you know, like we, we have to like 
save money because you're going to have to put some money back into the property uh, when you get it. So, so that's absolutely. Uh, okay. So how much money in passive income, if you don't mind sharing, once all three properties are rented, you have them at the right rent rates and everything like that. How much passive income are you going to be making on these three properties? Yes. Yeah, so the cash flow, like after expenses and everything is going to be like, I think says they are right now, it will be a thousand dollars because uh the second property is paid off. So the second property will leave me six hundred dollars, you know, free and clear after expenses and reserves and everything. And then the other two properties about two hundred each. So it would be a thousand dollars. Uh once I cash out, right, and refinance, then it's gonna be maybe six hundred dollars, but I'll have money to get two more properties. Get the next property and the next property. I just love recycling my money over and over and over again. Whenever I get equity in a property, I'm like, well, there's more money I could use to buy the next property. Juan, we could keep going. I mean, I love how you have learned so much. You've accomplished so much. And I love your enthusiasm, how you want to share just like me. So, but I know, I, I mean, I want to value your time, but it's so awesome seeing you succeed. And I really appreciate you coming on. So man, I, I just got to say, I'm encouraged by you and it helps me to want to continue on doing the podcast, but I really appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, I know. Keep doing the the podcast and all the content you do, the TikToks, the uh, Instagram reels you're making, like all that information is like so valuable. Something I wanted to say is that like, for example, before I run into your podcast, like I run into like these gurus or real estate investors that are like, oh yeah, we can sell you these learning materials for $19,000. Like it, it's just insane. Like the, 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 they charge so much for this knowledge and you are like giving it for free, right? And yeah, I know you have your uh, paid students, which is totally worth it. The coaching, everything you do. But it's just like, like if I would have not run into your podcast, I would have not been telling this story right now because I was just, I, there were other podcasts, other content, but I just like so organized and everything together to get like, you know, little baby steps, little pieces, bites that you can consume every day. And then you have all this knowledge to have a, a plan on how to get into the business. So I just, uh, yeah, I just really appreciate it because I did not spend $19,000 in learning all this. I, I spent maybe, I don't know, 80 bucks. In, 80 in bucks, I know. <laughs> so, so it's like very, very valuable. Um, I love it. Juan, it's so awesome to have you here. So thank you so much for being on the show. And thanks you for literally sharing your enthusiasm as well as your um, success, because that's really helps us as investors to say, hey, somebody else can do it. I can do it as well. So I appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Okay, thank you. And that is it for today. Go ahead and get my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. You can also join my Real Estate Wealth Builders group coaching. Get all my courses. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next show. See ya. See ya.